0: Hey y'all, I'm Ella and welcome back to another episode of Creation of Christ in College. If you're new here, Creation of Christ in College is a podcast with the Rice Baptist Student Ministry. This semester, I'm using this podcast series to help guide us along an introduction to the Bible, from the creation of the world all the way through Jesus, plus some other interesting applications and advice along the way. So, whether you're a non-Christian, skeptic, new believer, or a devout follower of Jesus, I would love for you to come on this journey with us. I think everybody can learn from this podcast series. With that being said, let's jump right into this week's lesson. Last week, we discussed the prophecies of the Old Testament regarding the coming of the Messiah, that is Jesus as well as the fulfillment of one of these prophecies in the New Testament. If you missed that episode, I would highly recommend going back and listening to it. That episode serving as our transition from creation and the Old Testament to Jesus and the radical transformation of the world in the New Testament. Today, we're jumping right into the life of Jesus, starting with his birth. We're going to be looking at Matthew one verses eighteen through twenty five and Matthew four verses one through eleven. I'll be reading from the NIV Bible if you want to follow along at home. Starting in Matthew one eighteen, it says, "The birth of Jesus Christ. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary, which pleased to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit." Then in Matthew 4, we jump to Jesus being grown up and beginning his preachings after he was baptized by John the Baptist. He was taken into the desert and tempted by the devil himself. This is what Matthew states starting in verse 1. The temptation of Jesus. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The, temp- the tempter came to him and said, If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It's also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. All right, so in Matthew 1 here, we see Jesus being born. He comes from a mortal woman, a normal lady named Mary, who was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. She finds out she's pregnant, but Joseph and Mary both know that it can't be Joseph's baby because they had not had sex together. Joseph, I would imagine, was really hurt and angry. You know, he trusted Mary, who he was engaged to be married to. Um, But he was still a nice guy, and so he didn't want to embarrass her. He wanted to divorce her quietly so that she wouldn't be shamed in public. For some context, at this time in history, engagements aren't like what we have now, but they were actually like marriage in that they were contractually binding. But during that time of engagement, the pair didn't live together or have sex. But it did require a divorce to become separated in your engagement. Before Joseph could go through with this though, God came to him in a dream and told him that this is the Holy Spirit's child, that he needs to stay with Mary and love this baby and name the baby Jesus. Now let's discuss this name Jesus. It comes from the Greek form of the name Joshua, which means the Lord saves. Before he's ever even born, Jesus is already fulfilling the prophecy of being the Messiah, the one through whom God will save all people. In verse 23, which states, The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. We see Isaiah 7:14, which is an Old Testament prophecy about the Messiah coming true in the New Testament through Jesus, just like we discussed last week. Next, let's fast forward a couple decades and discuss Matthew 4. Here we see Jesus being tempted. He spent 40 days in the desert, hungry, thirsty, alone, in pain. He felt all of that, Despite being the Son of God through the Holy Spirit, Jesus felt true pain and suffering, both physical and mental pain. Matthew 4, 1 tells us that Jesus was tempted. He knew what it was like to have the devil fill your head with lies and try and work in your heart to will you to turn away from God. But the difference is, Jesus did not sin. He lived a perfectly blameless life. But... He knew the struggle of temptation. Jesus' temptation shows us that we don't need to lose every battle with Satan. We can prevail with God and the Holy Spirit inside us. Through that power, we can deny the devil the opportunity to wreck our hearts and steal our joy. Jesus paved the way, showing us the discipline that it takes to defeat the devil one day at a time Even when you're tired, even when you're hungry, even when you're alone. If it had been easy for Jesus, if he had had no temptation, we probably wouldn't listen. But it was painful and trying for him, and he succeeded anyway. Showing us how Jesus was fully man. He felt pain, he felt hunger, he felt temptation. But he was fully God as well. He performed miracles, he took the burden of sin from us, and he lived a sinless life. I want to end by reading a passage from the notes in my book um, about Matthew 4, which is called, Does the Spirit Lead Us into Temptation? This is what it says. God does not tempt us to sin. That's Satan's specialty. However, God may see fit to test us. This is based on James 1, 13. On occasion, this testing places us in the line of Satan's fire. In this case, the Spirit tested Jesus by allowing Satan to tempt him to sin. Jesus' victory over temptation was crucial to the success of his divine mission. In the midst of the struggle, Jesus demonstrated his unwavering commitment to God's plan and his word. Similarly, God may allow our faith to be tested on the path to spiritual success. Here you can reference 2 Corinthians twelve seven. As we rely on God's help to win battles over temptation, we'll become more prepared to fulfill the purpose God has given us. Why then does Jesus tell us to pray, lead us not into temptation? That's in Matthew six thirteen. If God knows we'll benefit by being tested, wouldn't it be better to pray, lead us into temptation and give us strength to overcome it? Not necessarily. Jesus linked, lead us not into temptation with deliver us from evil, the evil one. Thus, avoiding temptation means avoiding the devil's snares and enticements. Avoiding temptation does not mean that we avoid trials that spiritually strengthen us. Jesus wants us to see God as the one who delivers, not the one who tempts. In our prayers, we look to God as the source of victory over the evil one. God tests us not that we might fall into sin, but that we might experience victory. I think this is really important to remember. God does not drive us away from Him. He does not lead us to sin because that would pull us away from His love, and all He wants us to do is turn to Him. But He does give us trials to show us weaknesses in our faith and the places in which we need Him. This week, let's focus on remembering that Jesus showed us the discipline it takes to resist the devil. And let's try to live as he did. And let's thank God for the gift of his perfect holy son for us, the lowly sinners. That's all I've got for today. Please feel free to reach out to me or my co-leader Jordan if you have questions or concerns. My email is ecm8 at rice.edu and I'd love to chat about absolutely anything. If you've got a prayer request, please don't be a stranger because more prayers never hurt anyone. I hope you have a blessed day and I'll catch you all next week.